All right, welcome back, Sports Talk for Fans, Bot Fans. Brian here. I got a couple of guests with me today. I got Alex, who's going to join us here in a little bit. And I also got a mystery guest. We're going to just label him as Angry Fan. Um, so episode 60, welcome back. We had a couple weeks that we had to take off, some things going on. But we're back, and we're going to try to get back to our weekly routine here with you guys. <clears throat> things we're going to cover is we're going to talk baseball first. A lot of things happening um, <clears throat> from the moves that happened and also the collective bargaining agreement happening. And then from there, we're going to talk about some of the NFL changes. All right, so let's get back into this. And with us getting back in this, we're going to get back to the fans. Like I said, we're going to bring an angry fan in. Uh, he's going to talk about baseball and all the things that uh, that's going on, including, um, like I said, collective bargaining agreement and maybe you know the good and the bad in that. All right, so let's go ahead and bring him on right now. All right, so we're going to pull in uh, our random person here. We're going to get an angry fans perspective. Cause you know, what else is there out there right now for baseball other than angry fans dealing with the crap of having to wait this long for the season to start to right, push back football's over nothing else to do. So we brought in a, a random angry fan to give his perspective on some things going on in baseball right now. So uh, as you can tell, he's coming in live uh, from, from outside somewhere, but we're going to go through and we're going to break down some of the moves with him first. He's going to give us his opinion by sound or, uh, you know, just whatever you want to talk about. And then from there, we'll uh, talk about some of the big changes that happened in the collective bargaining agreement and, and, and talk some catch-ups in baseball finally. So, first thing, my uh, angry fan here. Let's go with the Giants. San Francisco Giants decided to go with a two-year, $44 million deal, bringing in Carlos Rondon from the Chicago White Sox to San Francisco uh, with an opt-out after one year. Um so what do you think about that, Angry Fan? Uh, do you think that's a good a good move for San Francisco? They always kind of take these wash-ups and rebuild them. Rondon had one good year, but uh, what do you think? I, I think he had one good start, right? I mean. Kind of. Yeah, one phenomenal start. What else down. What else has he done? That's uh, I don't know. That seems like a franchise. It's uh, They had a good run last year. Um, I'm not sure if they could really compete in the NOS, to be honest with you. I think that was kind of a fluke year. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's not a very splashy move. But – I, mean, I guess they need they need somebody to fill that uh, fifth starter role. So I guess we'll just stick with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what the Giants did last year was insane, let's be honest. Um, it was very impressive, again, yes. For them to do it again, it was hard to believe, but Kim Garnett, cue it up. Um, uh, it's so – shot comes back, one-year deal. Yeah, interesting, yep, yeah, so. interesting move. I, I kind of thought he was going to leave. I thought he would uh, – I thought he'd follow Corey Seager, go – go retire in uh, his hometown of Texas. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Interesting. One year. All right. What do you think about Corey Seager going to the Rangers? Dumb move or no? Uh, or dumb for I, Rangers or dumb for Corey Seager? I don't know. I, I mean, it kind of seems like the Rangers are trying to go all in, but um, I don't know, man. He's been on a, a World Series contending team every single year since he's been with the Dodgers, and uh, he just takes a big pay. I mean, the dude made – I don't know how much money he made in L.A., but I don't – I don't know. You're going to a shitty team. I don't know why. I don't know. Yep. It doesn't really make much sense to me as a as a fan looking in, but you got paid, so good for him. Ten years, right? Insane. Yep. You got a huge chunk of money. Um, I get the weirder part. The part that brought me a lot of joy was when they got Corey Seager. They didn't either shortstop uh, Kenner 
Falefa. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he got packaged, or no, he got sent to the Twins, and the next day he got turned around and packaged. I've never seen a Twitter feed with top ten people than the trade right. between the Yankees and the Twins. Uh, so Donaldson going to go play with a. I think doesn't him and Cole hate each other? Uh, yeah. I was reminded of that today. They had a little Twitter beef. Um, yeah. I mean, Twitter. They had it in person too. I want to say, but. I want to say I don't have the quote in front of me, but I read it today. That was the uh, – Donaldson said something like it's not a coincidence that his uh, spin rate went down. Um, I don't know what the number was on spin rate, but ever since all that, that shit came out last week, last year. So they, I guess they had a little uh, coming together moment today in the clubhouse. But I think it would be funny if Garrett Cole beamed him in an interleague or inter-squad matchup sometime in spring. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. Killer. Yeah, so your new Derek Jeter is uh, a guy I can't pronounce. It's kind of like, you know, when we try to get what's uh, what's his name, do hockey names. Ken Falafo <sighs> will be your next Derek Jeter. And the Yankees get rid of the grotesque batting average of Gary Sanchez. And, oh, he's going to die in Minnesota now. Uh, Urshela, like all these weird-ass names going to, to – the Twins may have the weirdest name of an infield I think we've ever had with all these odd names, but – yeah, there's a lot of team, a lot of fans were not happy about this trade, it looked like, because of just confusion on what they're getting. I mean, Gary Sanchez is replacing the the mantle of uh, Joe Maurer. That, oh. That's what you guys go from. You guys go from Joe Maurer, <laughs> nothing to Gary Sanchez. Uh, trading Mitch Garvey away for... And, and that, that was a, yeah, that was a very weird trade. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, a lot of confusion in that trade. I still, I still don't understand what happened. Um, but that, that Kinner Fafala, or whatever the fuck his name is, that dude was, uh, I want to say he was leading the American League at hitting for the first three quarters of the season until he kind of fell off. Um, yep, he tore not, it up. Not a bad trade. I mean, Gary Sanchez, he's probably going to hit 10 home runs now compared to all the pop-ups he hit that, that left New York Stadium. The New York, whatever yep. the fucking field is called, I don't even care. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Babe Ruth Stadium, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Interesting. A lot of a lot of moving pieces with that one. I didn't know what to think of it, but I think getting getting falafel, whatever the fuck his name is, is a pretty good trade for the Yankees at least. White Sox adding some quality veteran depth. I, I love this move. Um, and and you add Josh Harrison and Joe Kelly. You get Joe Kelly, who now gets to play against Astros more every year, uh, which is I think it's it's a win for baseball and baseball that's, fans because that's what we all yeah. exactly a win for us. When fans don't get a win very often. This was a big win for the fans. We get to see that matchup. I think they play seven times this year. So yeah, big win. Oh yeah, they're gonna yeah, it's gonna be phenomenal watching that. Um, the Oakland uh, Elephant Athletics uh, start to tear down. Chris Bassett gets traded to the Mets. Uh, a couple pitching prospects come back to the Oakland Elephants. Um, then they turn around and trade Matt Olson to the Braves for four prospects, um, including their top two prospects, which one you know a couple. High, high, high end prospects. So interesting trade. But on that side of it, I don't think that's the Olsen part's the interesting part to talk about. I think the interesting part to talk about is the Freddie Freeman part, right? So now Freddie Freeman's gone. Crazy. Unless you're, unless you're going to do some weird thing where you have him DH because now that's a thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Freeman, um, where's he going? Dunzo. I think his bags are packed. So I, uh, I, for some reason, I follow him on Instagram. I'm not sure why. He's just, he's a nice guy. Maybe that's why. Um, but you know, he's from, he's from Southern California. Um, he's been, he's been there this whole lockout. I don't know. I just have a weird feeling. He's going to go to LA. I, I still can't picture him not in a Braves and I'm not a Braves fan at all, but it's hard for me to picture Freddie Freeman, like in another uniform. It's just, it's going to be weird. 
Um, one of my buddies is a big Braves fan, and he was crying on social media today. But then he came back. He's like, what if they, what if they sign him and they use, you know, they do what you just said, use Matt Olson as a DH, uh, switch him out. I'm like, that would be fucking scary. I don't want that to happen. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping he moves on from the Braves and those racist fans over in Atlanta. They don't deserve Freddie Freeman. So we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, let's be honest. Let's just crush you. Let's crush your quote unquote friends' dreams. And let's be oh, honest. he's Matt, crushed. Yeah, he's crushed. Matt Olson is a Gold Glove first baseman. I think he's multiple Gold Gloves. Uh, and they lowballed Freddie Freeman. You lowballed yeah. a dude. That's the heart of your franchise. That's Mr. Brave. Big part of the turnaround. Yeah, he, it's a huge part. Of, like, yep, you're gonna ride out Acuna, which you know I understand, but but man. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, tough. Yeah, so I think Freeman. The two locations are talking right now is the Dodgers and the Yankees are the two big ones, and I, the Yankees are, are are you know they're pretty invested in trying to go after Freddie Freeman. So it's gonna be really interesting to see which team he goes to. Um, I mean, New York would be a good spot for him too. That that short porch. I think I'm a right-hander, but I think I could hit 30 home runs at Yankee Stadium with that that porch. So yeah, it's not I mean, a bad, yeah. I mean, uh, either way, I think he'll be fine. He'll get he'll get paid. Uh, but I yeah, I mean. Again, Olsen, he's a lot younger than Freeman. Um, he's just as four years. good, maybe better. Years. I mean, he hits a lot of home runs. Four years? Yeah, it's good four years. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it might not be a bad move at the end of the day. But, I mean, yeah, trying moving on from Freddie Freeman. He, this, I think that's doing a disservice to the city of Atlanta. He should have retired a Brave, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the other side of it is Matt Olsen's got two years until he goes and hits free agency. So, that's a huge amount of money that the Braves are saving. But yeah, that's that's a tough move. Freddie Freeman's a, a high contact right hitter. He's MVP material. Yeah, it's just and he, whatever. He has amazing uh, teeth. When he smiles, his teeth are like they're no, phenomenal. So yeah, it's, probably it's top, to, top ten teeth and top five. Probably top five. Yeah, probably get destroyed if he played hockey. Anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, Twins get Tony from the Reds. Uh, Reds are the most confusing team in baseball. They are just getting rid of people uh, for no one. I think they're disbanding. I think they're disbanding. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I could see that. They're, um, yeah. They, just, had, a, yeah, they dis- had a crazy dis- day today. Disrespectful. Yeah. They had other moves we're not going to talk about, just, but we're just going to talk about Tony Gray. Um, the biggest move, probably out of all of it, um, is probably Tom Brady signed. No, wait. No, it's actually Fernando Tatis oh. is already injured and out for three months. Sorry. Oh, I, I, wanted, I wanted Tom Brady news and everything else we're talking about, just like he did yesterday. Can you, you want, really quickly, what did you think about Tom Brady? Uh, crashing everyone else's day in college basketball bracketology, and what was your thoughts on on Tim Tom Brady? Yeah, how about the guy who bought the uh, Tom Brady's last quote unquote last touchdown pass for five hundred G's, and then Tom Brady was like, "Yeah, fuck you." And then he comes back from retirement. That's fucking wild. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. What, what do you think that guy's going through? That's insane. It's brutal. Yeah, I'm well. He's probably a billionaire, so it doesn't matter. But um, uh, but if he's like, not, but if he's not, if oh that's his life. God. Like, what if he's like a diehard? Well, I say diehard Bucks fan. I'm not sure those exist, but Michigan, Michigan like, fan, or yeah. <laughs> like I can't even. I, I hope for his sake he is a he is a billionaire and he can like laugh about it. But I don't know. That's yeah, that's bad. Fuck you, Tom Brady. Jesus, trying to trying to ruin baseball. Or Tom Brady comes back and uh, tears his uh, you know. Yes, he, he needs Tommy John surgery, and he actually never throws touchdown pass. <laughs> that ball would go up; it'd probably double in price. Oh. So, actually, you know, what? I, oh, that's, yeah. that's what I'm rooting for. I want that guy to get his yeah. payday. Fuck Tom Brady; he's gotten his payday and his fucking six <laughs> rings, or the fuck he has. Fuck him. 
There he is. There's the angry fan. He came out during football in a baseball segment. That's yep. logical. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, all right. Let's let's transition back to baseball. Uh, the last kind of big move is uh, Fernando Tatis is already injured and out for three months. Oh. Um, so the San Diego Padres are already done for the first sixty days of the season. Thoughts on that? Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, that's good for Dodger fans. I mean, I. All he does is, sure, he hits some home runs, but that dude overthrows first base more than I think any shortstop in the league. And I think that's an actual fact. Um, he's so bad. He's so bad defensively. Like his shoulder's fucked. Now his wrist is fucked. Um, I didn't see how he hurt himself. Did you know how he hurt himself? Nope. Oh, I love it. I hope. Oh, I love it. Ten year. I think he's on a 10-year deal too, didn't he? Something crazy like that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's there for life, essentially. Oh, that yeah, sorry. sucks. Darn it. He can, Shoot. he can DH. He can DH. That's why they did the, Shoot. you know, that's why they did that. Oh, you know what, Tom? Right. Speaking, of, speaking of DH, I don't know if you have this one, this one ready to go, but how about uh, the Nelson Cruz? The Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have that one teed up? Yep. Yeah. I, no, I, I'm not even going to mention it this time because there's so many of them. But yeah, I, I do. I was tracking Nelson Cruz going to the to the Washington uh, Expos or Nationals, whichever yeah. you want to call them today. How about, I was, so I was tracking that one pretty heavily because it, all these fucking media outlets are like, oh, he's got it narrowed down to the Padres and Dodgers, two contenders, right? No, he goes to fucking Washington. Yep. No Why? contender. Why? Oh, that's the last team that won a championship uh, on Why? normal terms. Remember, because he, he he recognizes them as <laughs> he recognizes them as the, as the last true champion. Like, I, I don't know. It it, it doesn't make sense. It, dude, you've made so much money. Win. You've made so much money in your lifetime. Like, don't I don't yeah. know. I guess there's two types of people in this world. One who just wants to win championships and, and doesn't care as much about money. And then others who care more about money, like whatever you guys, I don't know, even know how much you got paid. You can't pay me enough yeah. to go play in fucking Washington. There's nobody there. Yeah. Strasburg. Yeah. He'll, he'll pitch three innings and break his fucking elbow. Like it's pathetic. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. No respect for Nelson Cruz. Nope. Yeah. Trash. Um, all right, let's talk about the collective bargaining agreement and the reason why we have an angry fan here. Um, she's all riled up. Um, up. All right, let's let's go over some of these changes and I'll ask you at the end kind of what your thoughts are. Minimum salary increase has increased 22% to $700,000. That's the quote unquote minimum wage, if you will, of baseball. Boo hoo. Competitive balance tax, which if you guys have listened to us before, you know that I will talk a lot about. Um, you know, how the uh, contracts work and against the cap, salary caps and stuff like that. So for baseball, there's no real salary cap. It's a competitive balance tax, uh, which starts at $230 million, And there's different thresholds. If you look into it, it'll explain more detail of the additional fees you pay uh, if you break those um, the thre- tax thresholds, if you will. Playoffs expand for 10 teams to 12 teams. There's, there's now a pre-arbitration bonus pool. I actually like this one a lot, Angry Fan. Uh, I don't uh, even know what that means. Well, I'm not going to lie. Okay, yep, and I'll explain that really quickly. So, pre-arbitration bonus pool means if you are in your... Before you actually get to sign your big contract, because baseball, they make you do arbitration, blah, 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 blah stuff. That's a joke. Uh, where you have to negotiate for how much money you get within your first like six years or something like that. Yeah. If Because you don't make enough money then, if you finish high in the MVP, Cy Young any of those categories, there's an additional bonus that you will get depending on where you finish. For example, I think like if you're second in the Cy Young, you get an additional like $3 million if you are Damn. in the pre-arbitration. So 
you know, they're, they're looking out for the, for the youngins that actually perform well. Um, okay. I like you know, that. You know, yeah, Fernando Tatis or some, some crap like that. Uh, optioning is now, uh, which used to be unlimited, meaning I could send oh. a guy from AAA back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I could send him up every single day. Screw him. Uh, now it's set, they can only be optioned five times a year. So nice. you're going to be capped on those times. Universal DH, like Nelson Cruz, like we just talked about. about time. Uh, there's now a draft lottery for the top six picks. So now the teams like <clears throat> these oh, the Pirates. Oh, yeah, okay. the Pirates. Uh, well, yeah, no, I, same. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Submit. Um, but those two uh, are kind of like good examples of teams that are ter- purposely tra- trash, tanking, trash, tanking, whatever you want to call it. But uh, so they won't be guaranteed the number one and two picks. Sucks for Perfect. them. Perfect. Uh, um, increased spending for MLB drafts. We can use more arbitration eligible players in our guaranteed contract. I, I didn't know that was an issue, but apparently it is. Members who automatically win Rookie of the Year uh, accrue full year of service regardless of when they're recalled. So when people want to call Chris late in the year, uh, if he wins Rookie of the Year, yeah, yeah. So uh, the Mike Piazza rule, I don't know, whatever it is. But so sure. um, they'll automatically get that full year of service so they don't get to keep him for that one extra year. Um, so before I ask you about your opinion of Rob Manfred and, and why he can't do anything to help baseball, which of these is the best change and which is the dumbest change in your opinion? Uh, so I think the best by far is the DH rule. I, so I'm a National League fan. Um, I always I, – and I don't really know why I always, I always thought like this, but um, back in the day people would be like, oh, the American League is so much better because you have the, the DH. And I'm like, no, oh, the National League is because it's like a chess game. And then they had the, the DH for like they had the DH for like a year. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Like, I don't want to fucking see Walker Bueller swing a bat. Like, it's embarrassing. It makes so much more sense. That's I think that's by far the best rule. Um, the worst. I, I'm gonna have to say, and you didn't even say it, but I don't know if it's it's dumb or not. But making the bases bigger, like, what the fuck's that gonna do? Oh like, god. I, do not who doesn't see that I, I don't know. I just I don't understand the basis thing. Like the fact that grown ass men got sat at a table and they're like, we need to make the bases bigger and they had to fucking negotiate over like how I want I'm curious on how big the players wanted the base because it's like it's a little bigger now, so it's not it's not even ninety feet, it's a little less than ninety feet, which might make a difference on some, you know, bang bang plays. Like how big do the players want it? Did, did they want it twice as big? It's fucking stupid. Why do you need a base? It doesn't matter. Size matters. Size my matters. Wife, my wife will disagree. It doesn't matter. Base. It's. I don't know. It's just a weird fucking rule to me. But I mean, I'm glad they brought the DH back. Um, not back. Oh, I guess back. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be nice not to have to watch fucking pitchers stand up there. Madison Bumgarner might be a little pissed off. That cranky maybe because they could they could swing the bat. But um, I think that's. I think that's a good thing. Oh, Bartolo Colon's angry too. Oh, he was. He was the best. Um. Yeah. He, watch him. Watch him come back now. Watch him come back. Now. All right, so um, with what you said with the bases and that little rank you went on, I think one of the best parts we saw in all this was we saw some people come up with over-exaggerations of people whining in baseball. Oh. Uh, one of the things that I saw, what, you know, one of the made-up rules, you know what I'm talking about. One of the made-up rules that I saw that was hilarious was the you, you don't strike out anymore. Um, <laughs> on the third strike, you get like, you get like under-tossed like a, a baseball and you can hit as hard as you want for a home run. Uh, yeah, to make you fair. feel 
So what, which one of those did you see that was kind of like, a lot of stuff was kind of laughable of why we got in this position with things like bigger bases. But which one of those did you see that you actually, that was kind of funny like that one? Uh, no curveballs and no fastballs over 102 miles per hour. So you just got to slow it down. If it goes over 102, like, I don't know who throws 103. I know, uh, uh, fucking Buterall or the fuck his name is on Dodgers. Throws like 103.5, uh, Chapman. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if he can still get over hundred, but, um, yeah, it's just not fair. It's not fair. Maybe make what do you him think throw left, let him throw left-handed. I don't know. What do you think the punch is like? Like he has to come over to the hitter and like lay over his lap and get his ass spanked like in front of everyone, yes, like bare at with the belt, like how Sergio Romo took his belt off last year when they were checking for substances. Take that belt <laughs> off, give him one good smack, and then go uh, back to the go. No, and then he has to tell the batter what he's gonna throw. Then he goes back and he throws it. He gets one chance. It's oh a joke. God. I mean, all this fuck. It's like I don't know. The the fucking the hitters get. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to say. The hitters get the advantage now. The pitchers just get fucked year year in and year out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking stupid. They're just making the game. They're trying. I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Like, do you remember when Ken Griffey? I'm just going on a rant now. Do you remember when Ken Griffey came on? He's like, oh, "I'm gonna save baseball, make the game fun." What the fuck has he done since he's come on? Where's no, he done? He's, he's been he's been hidden. They nothing. I, think they, I don't think we've seen him since then. I don't think he knows he was hired. I don't know. Do you think he does? There's no, there's no, he hasn't done Hold anything up. to save the game at all. So let's, let's, let's transition as to what the real problem is. It's Rob Manfred, right? <laughs> uh, don't even get me started. That guy needs to be in a fucking, <laughs> he needs to be in a CIA fucking bunker in Syria, like just beat every day. He's an idiot. He can't. <laughs> I, I, so I don't know about you, but I've, I've been a, an MLB TV subscriber since I was fucking nine or 10 years old. When it first came out, I was a subscriber. I've been for fucking 12, 15 years. I was getting emails before the lockout ended. And I got an email that said, and I'm not making this up. You probably got the same one. I don't know if you did or not, but it said, due to the MLB lockout, we will not charge you for MLB TV until the postseason or until the season starts. Like, did you nope. even have to send me an email? Like, what do you mean you're not gonna? You're not gonna charge me because there's no fucking games going on. Like, why is that even a fucking yeah. email that you sent out? And like, you're paying. You're, you're welcome. It's just, it blows my mind. You're welcome. It blows my mind. The stupidity of this fucking league. Like, you're you're killing fan. Like, I am a diehard fan. I will fucking watch baseball till the day I die. But you have so many like young kids out there that just don't give a flying fuck about baseball because it's so poorly ran. They don't market their players. They don't do, they don't do anything. I and I hate the NBA, but the NBA markets their players. The NBA has fans, and it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking joke, and it's embarrassing. But for some reason, I'll fucking still come back, and I'm still gonna sit there and watch every single inning of Dodger baseball of every single game, all 162 of them. So the, the worst part about what you just, the worst part of what you just said is, baseball is an international sport almost, like. <laughs> You should be able to, but like you have diehard leagues in Korea and Japan, but we don't tap into any of that. We do like, hey, let's send the Mariners and A's to play an opening None. day series there, who are the third and fourth best team in the AL West. Like it's pathetic. You send the NFL out to London. You send the fucking Jaguars. You can send the Jaguars versus the fucking the Cardinals, like the shortest quarterback ever to play football, and the Jaguars, and they will fucking. England will send a hundred thousand people to watch. Like you got hockey in Germany next year. I think you got like we have football in Germany coming up. 
Yeah, football in Germany too. Like it's it's insane, and like baseball doesn't do. They send baseball to fucking Canada. You got the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that's all we do. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. They don't do anything. I say we. I'm a. I'm not a part of baseball. Thank fucking God. It's been embarrassing, but I don't know. It's fucking joke. It's a joke. All right. It's just a. Good all right. Well, sport. that that's it's a joke. That's all the time we got for you to keep ranting and raving because we don't go on forever. Uh, so we'll have you come join us sometime. All right. I'd love to be back to rant so, some yeah. more. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks for joining us, Angry Fan, and we'll, we'll have you join us next time. Anytime. All right. Let's start talking some NFL. There's a lot of things going on in the NFL and some kind of dates to kind of be tracking with what's going on. We had the NFL scouting, scouting combine earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the franchise tag window is now officially closed. However, the people that were tagged can either play on the tag or they can negotiate a new deal. I think they have until July to do that. But what we got going on currently right now, the tampering window is officially open as of today, March 14th. It is now open, and that goes through March 16th. The reason why March 16th is the important date is because that is when the 2022 season starts. And the free agency, quote-unquote, officially begins March 16th at 4 o'clock Eastern time. So even though we'll know a lot of the signings in theory now, they won't actually be pen and inked until later on. So before we get into all that, though, with and we're really just going to cover the big items, let's talk franchise tax quickly. So, Alex, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. So thanks for joining us again. Well, what were the franchise tags that we had happening? Um, first of all, we had uh, Devontae Adams get tagged by the Green Bay Packers at $20.1 million. Uh, we had Chris Godwin get tagged at $19.1 million, uh, for Tampa Bay. We got Jesse Bates, the safety, get tagged at $12.9 million. Landon Brown at $16.6 million from the, um, from the Chiefs. Uh, they're looking to do a deal with him. And then Cam Robinson got tagged by the Jaguars, left tackle for them. And then we had a array of tight ends that got tagged. Mike Giusecki with the Miami Dolphins, Dalton Schultz with the Cowboys, and Njoku with the Browns all got tagged at $10.9 million each. Of, of all those, which one do you think you scratch your head at the most, Alex? To me, it's tight ends. But, I mean, the glaring one to me might be Cam Robinson. Um, especially since the Jaguars got the number one overall pick. Uh, you probably have a chance to upgrade at that position. But them franchise tagging Cam Robinson, that number tells me that they're trying to at least keep him, maybe be looking at drafting that defensive end or something like that. That kind of scratched my head. Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on that. I think it's kind of weird that you would – he's a left tackle. There's – like four solid left tackles in this draft. Now, granted, you know, do you want just a solid player as a number one pick? No, you probably don't. You want like the best player. But I think this is kind of telling, like we just said, that it, it to me, it looks very strong that they're going defensive end because you don't just make a left tackle, switch the right tackle. It's not an easy transition. So it looks like they're definitely going to go defensive end. Alex, the thing for me that I thought was kind of weird of all the, the moves that happened was um, – was Cleveland? Um, uh, do we have do we have news that Austin Hooper is leaving? Is that why they're franchise tagging Njoku? Um, we haven't got uh, got news on that. I know free agency has kind of just really started, so they haven't re- you know really hasn't even started. So we haven't got a note on that yet. Yeah, so that's that's kind of weird to me because Austin Hooper is one of the guys they brought in. They thought it was going to be a big pa- part of the passing offense. They already have Harrison Bryant. 
to spend $10 million on someone that's between your first and third tight end. Cause Najoku bounced back and forth last year. I, that's to me insane, but you know, I guess you have to invest fully in Baker and you're hoping that you bring in these other players, but um, let, let's start talking about some of these other big moves. And actually before those big moves, let's talk about Devonte Adams. Uh, news just came out that Devonte Adams was not going to play under that contract or he's not going to play under a franchise tag. He's going to play under a new contract. Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, makes sense to me. He sees that the money's kind of drying up and he wants to make sure he gets taken care of. Um, I don't know what number he's going to be at, but after he waits a couple of days in free agency and see how these numbers are going out, he's probably skipping himself saying, my goodness, I'm going to get paid. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the big indicator was we saw um, Christian Kirk at 21 million, which is doesn't make any sense. We can talk about that some other time. But Adams definitely has to feel like he has all the leverage now that Aaron Rodgers is staying put because he knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to advocate for Devontae Adams, right? And so this feels like it feels like the Packers GM uh, and ownership has lost now, and they're now about to spend $80 million this year between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So, you know, that's that's out of $220 million, that's a huge amount of your salary cap. That's essentially a third of your salary cap going into two people. Um, do you think that that is going to come back and bite them in the ass, Alex? Because we've already seen them release several people now, right? They've released, uh, I think, Turner. They've released one of the Smiths uh, and a couple others. So do you think this is going to come back and really bite them as not being a very as much of a complete team as they were maybe last year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to what you're saying, they don't, you know, they're one of the only franchises that don't have a, quote, head owner they just kind of have really a kind of a ceo um so you know they kind of really don't make the say the football decisions so yeah if you're in front office you kind of have the the wiggle room to kind of do whatever you want almost to a point um that you kind of think about maybe this guy whoever the you know good curse maybe he might think about jumping ship in about two years when he realizes this thing's going to blow up in his face but um, when you let Aaron Rodgers kind of hold you over the coals, um, mainly by winning multiple MVPs when you thought he was done, um, yeah, that's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, he's 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 got to do something with with the wide receiver. If not, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be happy. All right, so he's a four year contract, two hundred million dollars. Alex, do the Packers win a Super Bowl in the next four year window? Gun to your head, yes or no? No. Okay, good. All right, that's probably the correct move. Um, did the Chargers overpay Mike Williams? He got three years, $60 million. Alex, before you answer that question, there, there, well, I guess now there's seven wide receivers who average over $20 million a year, which are Hopkins, Julio, Devontae Adams, who's going to get more than that. His running mate, Keenan Allen, gets over $20 million. Mike Williams now and Amari Cooper, and then now the seventh one is Christian Kirk. So did the Chargers overpay Mike Williams? There's only now seven wide receivers who make $20 million a year. Do you think they overpaid him? Yeah, they did, but it was to go on market for it. But you can do that when you talk about a situation of you're not paying a $40, $50, 60000000 million quarterback, so you can't afford to make these types of decisions. And that's what he sh they should do. Go all in, spend some money. We've already seen kind of them spend money in free agency. Go all in. You're not having to worry about paying a quarterback. Make, you know, make what you can do on that rookie contract, and then when it comes due, then you can get away from some of these bad contracts. Yeah, so <clears throat> charges uh, with Mike Williams, you know, they talk about rookie contract. Um, they just traded a second and a six-round pick for Khalil Mack. Um, I think we just saw in the negotiating period that they signed J.C. Jackson. Is that That's correct, right, Alex? 
Yes, it is. So, as of right now, are the Chargers the winner of the offseason as of right now being essentially one day into it? I, I guess it depends on what you think of a winner. Because if you talk about money, I think the Jaguars are outspent everybody, if I'm not mistaken, oh, no. technically. No, no, no. <laughs> no. That's not a winning method what they're doing. God, no. How, how, so, so bang for your buck. Let's go that way. Do the Chargers get the most bang for their buck? They they made the most upgrades, yeah. Uh, they made the most um, upgrades, I'd say, to to me and my game because I think they're, they, they're putting together a defense. Their defense kind of – should be better with Brandon Staley, and they look like they're putting one together. I like to see what they're going to do on the offensive line side, but I think as far as the names is considered, I put them up there, but you also have to put them up against the next team we're probably going to talk about, the Broncos getting Russell Wilson. Yeah, we'll go Broncos here in a second, but I think two teams that we need to look out for the most, at least in my mind, because and these are teams we talked about last year, Alex, all through the season. The two teams that have to improve their offensive line the most, the Dolphins – and the Bengals. And we know that the Bengals have already signed Kappa from uh, the Bucks, And, you know, they've already done a couple other things. So I think the, the team, two teams I'm looking at the most, yeah, it wasn't the Chargers, but I love what the Chargers are doing. But I think the Bengals and the Dolphins have the most of the game. We saw the Dolphins already sign Chase Edmonds, uh, retaining one of their own defensive ends. So, the, you know, those two teams, I, they have a tremendous upside. And, you know, Bengals just being Super Bowl last year. So before we get to the Broncos, what do you think about uh, Landry being extended by the Titans for five years, $87 million? He He benefited from going into a contract year. Um, he, he had a good year. I kind of feel in a year or two they're going to regret it. Um, but I think he kind of proved himself. He had a, 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 He's had a solid year. Um, and it was when you have a solid year going to a pay year like Mike Williams did. You put, put the pressure on the team, they got to pay you or they got to let you go. So um, – it's it's nice for him, good for the Titans, but I think in a year or two, they might regret that. All right. Now let's talk about the thing you just brought up. Russell Wilson being traded from the Seahawks, the Broncos. The trade was uh, Drew Locke, no, uh, no offense, uh, Harris, the defensive tackle, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth for Russell Wilson, who is 33 years old, still at the end of his prime, still, still got a couple good years left. Um, and a fourth-round pick. Alex, what are your initial thoughts on who won this trade? Oh, oh Denver won it. Um, this yeah. is what we kind yeah. of say when we talk about quarterbacks. And I learned this from basketball, too. The team that has the better gets the better player, usually the one that wins it. But in this particular case, it's Russell Wilson, a top-five caliber. Some people say he might be 7-8 right now, but he's still an up-tier former Super Bowl quarterback winning quarterback. Um, all the things that they gave that the Broncos gave away was not significant. I mean, two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth. I thought they would have got a lot more, but when you have the situation where Wilson kind of has a no trade calls uh, clause, you can't only go certain places with them. But I thought they absolutely ripped Seattle off for a franchise quarterback. But um, I don't know what they're doing over there, but I hope they get a, a plan because last time I just heard Watson does not. Deshaun Watson does not want to be traded to Seattle. So that's going to be the, the head scratcher going for. Yeah, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit with Watson. <clears throat> the other thing to note for the Broncos is they got $23 million in cap space open. So they still have money to make some moves. <clears throat> and let's and with the Broncos, Alex, you know, to me, who who wins the most in this Broncos trade? 
the Broncos wide receiver core. They, they may have one of the most underrated wide receiver cores. I know you and me talked about them a lot last year. Like the, even their depth has good wide receivers, but their top three, Cortland Sun, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and in that passing offense with, with the coach coming from being the Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. This has got to be a huge improvement for for fantasy on the, for the wide receivers for Denver, right, Alex? So, like, for me, my initial thought is I want to really steal one of those wide receivers in maybe, like, the third, fourth round where people may not usually link them that high. But, I, you know, that's my initial thoughts on those wide receivers. What do you think? When we Corliss suddenly got his deal, I kind of scratched my head. It's like he just came off an injury and you don't really have a quarterback to throw to him. Why would you sign him? Now, a couple of months later, now it makes a little bit more sense. Now it's like, okay, now you're going to get the full value of Portland Sutton. Um, and we talked about that. My boy Hamilton broke my heart this year, his first year. But, hey, you can bounce back. But I I, I like the top five, six wide receivers. And, yeah, Hurst, no offense, is leaving. But, I mean, tight ends are something, particularly in Fant's case, you can get another tight end in the draft third or fourth round, this draft is deep with, with tight ends. So um, I think they got room to improve. Um, Javante Williams, if you have Javante Williams or you're in a PPR league or something like that, he's one of the guys you're going to want to really look at. One of the things I think this trade says is, as a franchise, if you don't have a quarterback, you need to have your shit together because Russell Wilson – could have went to the commanders. He could have went to a couple of like, I think the Eagles, there was a couple of teams that weighed strong pitches and trade offers. But Russ Wilson at the end of the day controlled where he went to and he wanted to go to Denver. So I think this says a lot about some of these teams out there that are having troubles getting a quarterback because the quarterbacks don't want to go to them. And the next one we're going to talk about the commanders, you know, they made a hard pitch for Wilson um, and they ended up with Carson Wentz. So this, uh, this trade here for Wentz going to the commanders Wentz in a second rounder for a second rounder and two third rounder is going to increase to a second uh, if you play 70% of snaps in 2022. So um, if you miss on the Wilson sweepstakes and you, if the commanders aren't able to get Watson, do you really think of all the options out there that Carson Wentz is the best? Alex, if you were the GM and you know you had, you had Garoppolo, you had Wentz, Trubisky, uh, Mariota, um, and, you know, uh, James Winston, do you think Wentz is really the best of out of those options? So I've thought about this because obviously being a Cowboy fan, when I saw it, I laughed my ass off. I'm not going to lie. I just started <laughs> laughing from hysterically. But I, I've had time to think about this because I'm thinking about the options right now. Um, real, realistically, they should draft a quarterback, but they're not guaranteed. Um I think of all the quarterbacks out there, Wentz has the highest upside, meaning that if it works out, you could really get a frank, like a like top-tier franchise quarterback if he works out. Um, and if you're going to do a move like that, I'd rather bust with the option of, hey, this guy, let's all, all be real. Any of them are one-year rental, rentals when you're talking about it. If I'm going to bust on a one-year rental, I'd rather bust high and bust low with someone like, you know, no offense to Jimmy G, but Jimmy G, um, he, you know what he's got, but, you know, he also has a higher floor maybe, you know, when you think about it. I just – I see why they did it. You don't want to, you know, do a new deal with Wentz if he gets cut, have to fight with him in free agency, overpay for him. You get him on a deal where it's basically a one-year deal, proven deal, 
And if it works out great for you, you've hit on a, like a top tier franchise quarterback. If Trubisky hits up, it's still a limitation with a Trubisky or still a limitation with any other quarterback. So I think at the end of the day, yeah, I laughed a lot about it, but I think it's actually smart when you think about the upside part, especially a quarterback. Yeah, my, my only major concern for the commanders here is we talk about the Colts openly talked about Carson Wentz and his lack of leadership and his lack of wanting to be coached, which is the polar opposite of Garoppolo, who you you hear all his teammates absolutely love him. But even me as a Niners fan, I see the limitations. Wentz has a good – he can throw the ball well. He's got a strong arm. He's got great mobility. If he can control and mitigate his errors, he's definitely a high-value item. But when you talk about the intangibles of – leadership you know that's where it gets kind of interesting so i think it's very interesting the commanders and the commanders didn't wait either they didn't want to get stuck in a bidding war for these other players they went straight after Wentz. they had a plan i commend them for it um alex do they still use their first round pick because right now they've been mocked over and over again for um a couple of the different quarterbacks you know it's not malik malik wilson because i think he's uh he's he's mocked to go to seattle now but um do you still think the commanders are going to take a first round uh, a quarterback with a first-round pick? No, because that coaching staff is trying to do whatever it can to save their job. Um, you've committed to Wentz, even though the smart teams, if you feel like you've got a great quarterback you know, that comes up your way in the draft, you draft them. Uh, but we're talking about the commanders right now. Uh, they're trying to save their jobs over there. I think they're going to do everything they can to try to build a team around. And we're already seeing – they're already losing great, losing some players. They've already lost a couple of people in free agency. They don't really have a lot of money with the simple fact that they traded for Wentz. He's they're paying a quarterback in the twenties for um, twenty million plus, you know, on their cap, and they don't have the team around him. So right now, their draft is going to be important. They're going to they can't waste a pick drafting a quarterback. They're going to have to draft offensive line, interior offensive line, to help them out. Uh, defensive backs are going to help them out, the linebacker core. They're going to need these players they draft. They can't waste a pick like that. All right. Uh, Kelsey resounds with the Eagles, one year, $14 million, making the highest paid center in football. Um, next, the last one I really want to talk about, Alex, Amari Cooper being traded with a sixth of Browns for a fifth and a sixth. Alex, for me, I think this is a steal. I'm, I can't really say it's a steal. I, we know why the Cowboys did it. Cap applications, they have all the wide receivers, they have a plan. You, you know, I don't like it when people go out there and say, oh, Cooper's only for a fifth. That That's some BS. It's not about that. It's about the fact that he carries an enormous cap hit, 20, 20 million, I think a little over 20 million. But for the, for the team like the Browns that can absorb that cap hit, Alex, this is just me, and I know you know Cooper better than I do, but I think this is an absolute steal and a great move for the Browns. Um, I think Baker Mayfield... You know, he we give him a lot of crap, but last year he showed a lot of grit playing through a lot of major injuries. It, you know, you can say what we're going to say about Mayfield, but he played through a lot of injuries. That team is built to win. I think coming back healthy with a receiver that, like Amari Cooper, uh, as your one, you know, they let Jarvis Landry go. They'll probably draft another wide receiver to try to build with Cooper. I think this is a great move for the Browns. And I get it for the Cowboys, but Alex, what's your thoughts on it coming as a Cowboys fan? They just released Landry a little bit earlier today, so they just updated that. They're supposed to be officially released today or tomorrow. Um, as far as that, this is a great litmus test. Um, Mark Cooper has been a litmus test for uh, Derek Carr. He's been a litmus test for Dak Prescott. If 
Baker Mayfield can't get the ball to Mari Cooper, it's basically showing you what Baker Mayfield is. Um, Cooper, uh, I think they just uh, one of the stats that just came out this morning, just read. Cooper is second to Devontae Adams in separation yards. So when he catches the ball, the separation, he catches the ball from when, where it's thrown. So he's getting separation only second to Devontae Adams, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and it's only by like a half a yard or something like that. So Cooper is going to get open for, for Baker Mayfield. If he can't somehow, some way make it work with him, um, Baker Mayfield's in trouble. Um, I think it's great for the simple fact that they don't have to try to bid in a bidding war if uh, Cooper got to free agency. So the fifth rounder was to keep them from going to free agency because everyone knew Dallas was going to cut Amari Cooper. They couldn't have him at that number. So Dallas can't ask for a second or first round for somebody they, everyone knows they're going to cut. So I think this is a good move for the Browns. I think this is a, a situation where they're going to try to see what they got in their quarterback. Because if this doesn't work, then they got to move on from Baker Mayfield. No, yeah, that's a great point. Um, OBJ was a whole different situation. Landry is not really a real number one. So this is definitely a good test. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting because I feel like they have, they're going to draft one of these stud wide receivers. Um, then they're going to try to probably pair him with Cooper and, and give the, I think this may be Mayfield's best offense he'll have this coming up year, in my opinion. Um, with that offensive line, with the running backs, you know, multiple tight end sets. Two wide, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out for another wide receiver. There's a couple decent wide receivers out there. So I, th- I think last year everyone was on the Browns train, right, Alex? Everyone would talk up and hype the Browns up. Now the Browns are beat down. Uh, they, you know, they finished second or third in division. Baker Mayfield, everyone's talking crap about him. I think this is where we see the Browns make a surprising rise, and I think they can really steal that division potentially from, like, the Ravens. I don't think that maybe – and maybe from the Bengals. You know, I, but – you know, where everyone's down on them. I think this is where they'll, they'll have a chance to come back, bounce back strong. Um, let's wrap it up, Alex, with some of the rumors we're hearing now before we close this out. The first domino, I think, of what's going to happen next is where Deshaun Watson's going. The rumors that we're tracking are the Panthers and Saints, um, as these are pretty much the only place he's going to go to. The Seahawks aren't a real suitor, regardless of what people are saying. Um, in addition, the Colts aren't going to get him because they refuse to trade within their own division. So, Alex, between Panthers and Saints, I'm hearing Panthers. Are you hearing anything different of who the strong, the top suitor is right now for Deshaun Watson? Right now, it seems like they, he's going to meet with both teams. I think the conversation kind of is what it is. Whether or not the the Texans want to uh, believe it or not, it's not about who has the highest bidding war. It's about which team does uh, Deshaun Watson wave his no trade clause to. He has the power. So uh, coming up in the next couple of days, it's supposed to be interviews between you know, the front office of the Panthers and, and the New Orleans trying to figure out which one fits him, which one is the situation he likes. I know the Panthers have been on the Deshaun Watson train for the last year. They were going to trade for him even before he was going to, you know, he got, you know, cleared of all the charges or anything like that. They absolutely wanted him. They're sold in. That coaching staff knows they don't make it to the playoffs or get any better. They're fired. So um, I think the Panthers are kind of the – leader right now but it just depends on what Deshaun Watson wants yep so we'll see I think the Watson domino is going to fall into place with what's going to happen for some of these other teams really what this means is like the Jimmy G thing um for Garoppolo he, you know where is he going to go is he going to be a, a place where he goes to either the Panthers Saints or the Colts which he's linked to all those teams technically 
But the interesting thing is, if Watson gets traded to the Panthers, that takes him out of it, which means the Saints may actually just go back to Jameis Winston. And that leaves the Colts as the only suitor, really, for Jimmy Garoppolo. And by the way, Mariota's still out there. So maybe Mariota just goes to the Colts. Because, hey, if I'm Mariota, what, what better place to go than the Colts, which your main rival is going to be the Titans. The team that lets you go, you can stick it to them. So, I mean, I think that's... You know, me as an Irish fan, I think it's going to be unfortunate. I think there's a chance Jimmy G actually does get cut. The reason being is if they don't trade him by Wednesday, the Niners are over the cap right now, and they have to clear cap out. The easiest way to do that is by releasing or trading Jimmy Garoppolo, if not restructuring a bunch of contracts. Um, some other contracts to kind of look at, and we're going to wrap this up with this. Some people, some big-name people out there that haven't signed yet. Alex, let me know if I'm wrong. But Von Miller's available. Alan Robinson's been linked to uh, you know a couple of teams. Uh, the Honey Badger, is he going to go back to Kansas City? We don't know yet. Armstead, left tackle for the Saints. Chandler Jones, Frank Clark. Um, you know, there's a couple uh, areas where they could go to uh, Chandler Jones being linked uh, even to the Niners. Bobby Wagner is being linked to a, a, a ton of different teams. So, Alex, am I missing any other big-name free agents that we're still kind of we're looking to see and interested where they're going to go? Um, that's about kind of what we're hearing. I think tonight, um, obviously, while recording, probably later tonight is where the deals get done. Um, I think some of these te- uh, players are kind of going out today to tonight to see some of these teams and kind of talk face to face with them, even though they're <laughs> they're not supposed to, but they are. Uh, so that's kind of the thing. Uh, I just came kind of heard a rumor a minute ago that the Denver Broncos are talking with uh, my boy Randy Gregory. Uh, hope he stays in town, but hey, that is what it is. When you let guys get to free agency. Um, they you you let them get the free agency. Um, they able to get bid out on it. So, um, but we're going to see probably in the next definitely Tuesday morning. Uh, we're definitely going to see a lot of flurries of people getting signed. All right, so that pretty much wraps up everything we got for this episode. So thanks guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll see if we bring the angry fan back or if we just talk some more traditional stuff. But we're going to start rotating all four major sports uh, since they're all kind of big now. We'll rotate. We're going to just kind of talk into major topics. So hopefully you guys join us and you like it. Please join us on our Facebook page. Interact with us on the conversation on there and our other social media platforms. Thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll catch you guys next week with another episode.